and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Caleb Luke and I are going to talk about the most recent episode of Miss Marvel, which is episode three. So welcome back to the show, Caleb. Hello. Welcome back, Luke. Hi. So this week, the the story really sort of hit the gas pedal and started going forward. I thought after taking their time, which I had no problem with, establishing who the characters are and what the world is like for Miss Marvel in the first two episodes, the third episode, uh, I thought, really started to go places. Uh, do you guys agree with that? you guys think that the general thoughts about the episode, do you think it was a little bit more fast-paced that we get a, the story goes forward at all in this episode? 100%. I really thought this episode was what we were supposed to get in episode two. But I'm glad that we're getting it now and not episode four. That's a good point. How about you, Luke? Yeah, I mean, we get to see her use her powers a little bit more. We get to see a little bit more of damage control being hands-on. It's a lot of answers, or a lot of questions being answered, too, with the whole family and all that, too. Uh, So you bring up questions, and there was a question that I had last week. And it was really not very consequential, but I still want to bring it up because I, I sort of was obsessed about it. Um, I butchered a name of one of the characters, which was actually Kamala's good friend. Uh, absolutely butchered it last week. So I made sure that I listened when she pronounced her name. I wanted to hear exactly how to pronounce it. And I confused it. I don't know if you guys remember or not. I confused it with a Black Panther character. But I'm not crazy because, in fact, um, the character I'm talking about in Miss Marvel is Nakia. And the character in Black Panther is Nakia. Oh, I messed it up. The Miss Marvel character is Nakia. Nakia is the Miss Marvel character, and the Black Panther character is Nakia. Nakia is T'Challa's love interest. It's spelled exactly the same way, it's just a slight different change of emphasis on one part of the name over the next. So since I messed that up again, um, I, I feel like I'm doing the world a favor by bringing this up and, and, and making sure that there's clarity out there. So um, Nakia is the Miss Marvel character, and she ends up winning her place on the board of the mosque. So congratulations to her. Were you going to say something, Luke? You might have just confused more people. Uh, let me know if I confused you more on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. Uh, so anyway, Nakia versus Nakia. There you go. Uh, the second thing that we talked about last week was my crazy idea of taking pictures of my television to see if the person in the car was the same person as in the vision. And yes, it was the same person, but it is not Kamala's great grandmother. And we learned that very early on in the episode. As a matter of fact, this episode starts out with a flashback to what we're being told is British-occupied India in 1942. And we see a group of people looking around some archaeological dig type, maybe a tomb, some sort, and they find the bangle on a severed arm. First thing that stopped, that jumped out to me, I want to know if if you guys noticed this or not, that the arm was blue. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? I did. I was also waiting for Conchu to pop out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder what Conchu was doing at that time in that in that area. Uh, did you notice the the blue arm, Luke? And is there any special significance? 
I did not notice it. I thought it was just covered in like dust or rubble or whatever. Well, go. I'm sorry. But there are some people running around the universe who may or may not be blue. And that's what I thought of too. Uh, are they the Cree? Do you know if the Cree plays into? Well, they do have a, um, they do have history with Carol Danvers, right? In in Captain Marvel, the Cree were a big part of that, and the Scrolls were a big part of her story. Anyway, we may we may be doing you know making a big deal out of nothing. It was just a blue arm, or maybe it was just decayed. Maybe it was the lighting. I don't know. But it was on a severed arm, and they made a point to to say something about that. And should be wor- should we be worried? Um, but they did also make a point in that scene to establish that they were looking for two bangles. They found one. They were looking for two, and they even mentioned something about um, going home in that scene and how they were just going to do what they could with one bangle. So we learn immediately that the lady that was in that vision in episode two was not Kamala's great-grandmother because we get to meet Kamala's great-grandmother, Aisha, when she walks in this tomb, and she ends up putting on the bangle. And then the British uh, forces arrive, right? And then they have to scatter. And that was the last time that they, that group of people saw Aisha. Aisha has been uh, missing since then. And in fact, present-day Miss Marvel storytelling, that group of people who were telling that story to Kamala uh, are still looking for her. So now we're in this house. They're telling the story to Kamala. And we see that it's not just Kamran's mom that's there. But there's what? How many people are there? Like four, five total people? And we get this really quick explanation. Lots of information thrown at us. Uh, do you guys do you guys have anything you want to say about this scene in the house uh, and all the storytelling and all the information that they're giving us? I just thought it was interesting. What's um, Kamala's crush's name? I forget. Kamran. Kamran. He's, they said, like, 17, 17, but they're sort of immortal, like the rest of them. Yeah. I want to know how that works. Like, I don't get it. I think that he was born 17 years ago. Probably his mom uh, must have had a baby daddy somewhere, and he was born here. So he didn't exist back in 1942. That's the way I understood it. That's how I understand it, too. But if she's immortal and the father may or may not be immortal... Like why? Like why does he get the mortal gene while she has the immortal gene? I don't know. I'm just thinking about it a little differently. But I thought it was interesting the way that they come about it in the way that they're gonna be nice and they're asking for help. They're not really being threatening at all. They're like, look, we just want to get home and sort of going the salesman route about it to um, to Kamala. So. Later, you get to see Kamran go and say, no, you got to get out of here. They're going to have their way no matter what. And yeah. it's going to be at the casualty of everybody here. Um, but I like to see that Kamran, even though that's his family, he's still looking out for the good. Yeah. So in the second episode, um, I immediately didn't trust Kamran. Uh, and he does a little bit more in this episode to earn my trust a bit. 
Time will tell. We'll see because he is still cut from the same cloth as they are. But at this point in the episode, we think that they're a sympathetic group, right? They said that they were exiled from another dimension. So dimensions. Man, the MCU, they're just, it's blown up. Uh It's just, we've got, now we've got this group of, I I thought to myself, like, so are you related to the Eternals? (laughs) Are you related to uh, Doctor Strange and his dark dimension? Where does this fit into the multiverse? (laughs) It's just, my mind started going a little bit crazy right there when they're giving us this explanation. Um, But yeah, they definitely said that they were exiled from another dimension. They mentioned that, 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 um, they mentioned the word newer, which Kamala immediately says, wait a minute, that means light, right? So that's an interesting connection that she made immediately because her power really is based on light, right? Uh, they even mentioned it was called something like hard light. They called it, <laughs> use the hard light. <laughs> uh, and then they, she even said, uh, Cameron's mom even said something about how in their dimension they're called clandestines, and then she used the word gin, which do you guys remember the use of this word in previous episodes, the word gin? I thought that was interesting and very good storytelling because they had introduced that word, I think in episode one, as like the um, ghost stories or boogeymen mm-hmm. in Kamala's upbringing and in her culture, uh, which I thought was cool because they showed it to us in episode one. Now they're paying it off, paying it off in episode three. But it also raised a, fl- a red flag when they, she called themselves that. I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. So that was the boogeyman from episode one. Luke, what do you think about this? group of people now we, i mean we know that they're pretty aggressive because of by the end of the episode but at this point in the episode when we we're just getting to know them what were you thinking as you were watching the episode i thought they were cool i i didn't really know how to feel about them at first i was sort of just along for the ride but once they started to crash the wedding then i got a little more interested in it because you know who doesn't love a good wedding crasher um <laughs> But I'm sort of still confused by them because, you know, what do they do? Why are they here? I don't know. It, just a lot of... They answered a couple questions and brought a whole lot more. Which is what an episode three should do, right? And an episode three in a six-episode series probably should start to show some resolution but then open up questions that they need to resolve further down. My question was, I think you mentioned it, what did they do to get exiled from another dimension so if they're being exiled you feel bad because you know you feel bad for an exile but at the same time you know maybe they were exiled for a very good reason we just don't have any information we don't know yet about that what we do know though is that they want kamala to help them get home because she's got a bangle the bangle has the key is one of the keys to get them home and that's what they want is to go home well, maybe they don't even want to go home and it's just an excuse, but we'll see. Well, time will tell with that. But they definitely want Kamala to help them. So Kamala goes to this, the person that she should go to, which is her teenage best friend, because he clearly is going to be able to help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as the father in the room sitting in front of my two children, I would say, no, go to dad. <laughs> go to mom. But no, that's not the story. That wouldn't be interesting to watch. Uh, so she goes to Bruno. And she starts to ask Bruno, uh, tell Bruno about these things. And, of course, Bruno yells at her because all she does is text him, I'm alive, and then nothing for eight hours, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, that was a fun scene. I thought that was an interesting scene because 
They're in the room. She's explaining to him what she's explaining. She's upset because she's not not as guardian, and she's upset because she's not an alien. She doesn't know what she is still, but she's not as guardian. And then um, she enlists his help to try to find out uh, if there's a way to get them back to their to their dimension. Uh, did you notice the name drop? Uh, the Easter egg in this scene where Bruno starts talking about interdimensional travel and that he read a paper by, he said a name. Did you guys catch that? I don't remember. Judging by the looks of your face, no. I'm going to say no, you didn't catch it. Dr. Eric Selvig, he said, oh, I read a paper about intermin- interdimensional travel. Captain America. Written by Dr. Eric Selvig, Thor. Oh. Yes, the guy from the original Thor that was working with... Uh, Jane Foster, the um, and he was also in the Avengers. Loki sort of mind melted him. So yeah, so Bruno is is very well read on his interdimensional travel from Doctor Eric Selvig. Uh huh. My biggest thing with Kamran is he keeps messing up Bruno's name. <laughs> Come on, bro. Brian. Brian, and then he's he's literally laying there in pain. Bruno is because I swear he just gets my name wrong on purpose. You, Bruno's such a likable person. How can you get his name wrong? Because Kamran knows that he's a threat to his uh, to his crush, so he has to demean him somehow. Um, but I caught on the same thing. I actually wrote that down in my notes, which I think it's. I think the whole dynamic between Bruno and Kamran is very funny, uh, and it's because of Bruno, of course. Bruno is a good friend to to Kamala. It was interesting though to to go back to the scene with the name drop of Dr. Eric Selvig. Um he tells Kamala that he was accepted to Caltech, right? And that elicits a certain response from her. And you know, I have to tell you for this show and its demographic not being a 47-year-old uh, man, I'm really invested in these young kids' lives. <laughs> I'm very invested. I, I love these characters. They're fun. They're charming. And I just wonder, do you think Kamala feels the same way about Bruno as Bruno feels about Kamala? Luke? Mm, it's hard to tell because there's so much going on and that's sort of on the back burner. But... I definitely think it's it's a one-way street. Uh, with the possibility that they're going to repave and, and put a double yellow line down the middle and it would be two-way? Or? I would hope so because if they stay the same people when they're 16 or ever, however old they are, versus when they are a couple years older, then they might, be have, they might have a couple problems on their hands. Are you trying to say that I should have matured beyond my teenage years as a 47-year-old father? I'm not implying it. I'm saying it outright. <laughs> uh, Caleb, you feel... I. What do you feel? So passionately about this. Yes? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I definitely think it's going to go this exact route. Uh, Bruno's going to ex- express the feelings. Kamala it is a common theme in this episode. Was a lot more uh, concerned with the mountains and the world being against her than... Her her friends' lives with Bruno getting into Caltech, with Nakia getting in as becoming a board member of the mosque, right? Um, it almost was like 
she was an absent friend at that time. So right. it's it's a, a, a common growing pain, right? Um, but I think it's going to go to the point, like I said, it's going to go exactly this way. Bruno's going to express the feelings. Uh, Kamala's not going to reciprocate because she's still following the Kamran train. <laughs> and uh, Bruno's going to end up going to Caltech. And then uh, Kamala is going to be missing uh, Bruno and then say, maybe I should have feelings. And then either she's going to go to California to be uh, like with him to because they miss each other, whatever. Or it's going to be, oh, you're going to come back to Jersey and we should be together again. I think I, I like that. And I think that. Bruno should go to California and I think Kamala should follow him and she can be the foundational member of the West Coast Avengers. See, I, you're writing it as we're talking here. We're getting into season two stuff here already, which I hope there's a season two. I think there will be because this is a fun show. Very fun. But you brought up a good point because she really is being an absentee friend, isn't she? She's getting wrapped up uh, in this bigger picture because now she's got some conflict within herself, right, uh, in this episode where she even starts to look as the, at the bangle as a bad thing. So she was super, super psyched about becoming like the superhero because she's she just loves superheroes. She loves Carol Danvers. She loves the Avengers. But now she's starting to see that this might not be all that it's cracked up to be, right? She starts to look at the bangle as a bad thing. She has a very, very charming conversation um, at the pre-wedding party, the uh, Mindy that they had uh, outside on her porch where where she asks um, if she, she says something about being good and the answer she gets is good isn't something that you are, good is something that you do, right? So she's got all these thoughts now and, you know, battling it out in her head. Um, she's starting to, she's starting to even... I, one of the scenes that, that really stood out to me was the sort of the double header of getting family messages from her mom directly and then from her dad indirectly, right? So we see this scene with her sitting in the bathroom. She's trying to cure the bump that she has on her knee and her mom comes in and just has this really, really beautiful conversation with her talking about her experience and coming to America when she was younger and how alone she felt. And it was not until she found her, the mosque and the aunties and then her family that she started to feel um, like she belonged, right? She found that belonging and it was really centered on family. And of course her mom's going to tell her this, her mom's going to give her this message because she wants Kamala to start to focus more on the family because she knows that that's where the good is going to be for her or the best place is going to be. Then the next scene, we see her dad talking to her brother before the wedding and Kamala's walking in and she, and he hears the dad talk about how the brother is courageous and that he's chosen love and he's creating a family and he's don't worry about your bank account. That stuff will take care of itself but he's choosing love and he's emphasizing the importance of family and Kamala is there as well. But then fast forward to the end of the episode where this big thing happens and the parents are just asking for the truth 
and Kamala's not quite ready to give it up, is she? Uh, what do you guys think about that family dynamic of in this this episode and the show so far? The dad's my favorite character so far. And I said that jokingly at first, but I, I do mean it. He's he's just seems like a genuine guy and you don't see many genuine people in this show, or at least in the sense of where they're always being genuine, right? There doesn't seem to be any hidden agenda. They're not trying to impress anyone. He's just being himself. And I I like that she was able to get wisdom from him, especially indirectly, because especially at that age when you try to give a child wisdom or advice, it's usually met with confrontation. But when she's hearing it indirectly, then I think it resonates a little bit more. Yeah, it was inter- it's an interesting point because she hears him giving that advice and that wisdom to her brother. So it's not directly, uh, it, not directly to her. So that that's an interesting um, aspect of it. I think it's an interesting message, though, about family because they're all about family and being transparent and all this different stuff. But there's a very, very obvious, glaring secret with the great grandmother, which they they it's just unspeakable. You can't talk about it. Don't ask. Don't pry. It's done. It's over. So I think it's a interesting double standard that they're living. But when you go to the the interaction with the mother, it's very genuine. It's not met with the same um, hostility. hostility is a good word that they had in the past in the first episode where she said she'd rather be cosmic, right? Yeah. Because she snuck out and wanted to go to AvengerCon, and then in other moments where. Uh, Kamala is asking more questions. She's like, nope, don't, don't ask. You're done. It's, it's what I say goes. Um, so I thought that was really just a sweet moment, especially because of the humanity and the real aspects of real life, the life we all really live versus just a show and how it can really resonate with people who are going through that and growing as a 14, 15, 16 year old, um, with any sort of conflict. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but my favorite scene was at Kamala's brother's wedding. They go and she pulls a fire alarm and he goes, wait, no, the money. And then runs back, grabs the money, is just standing in the middle of the street holding the money, making sure that if you ruin my wedding, I still got the cash. So I just thought that was hilarious. I think it's a really good point about the the coming of age aspect of the show, and we knew that this was going to be a big part of it going into it because that's what, that's how they label it. Um, but I think that they do a really really good job of it, and it reminds me a lot of Spider Man because young person in high school getting these new powers, trying to figure out how this all works in their daily daily day to day lives, and the ramifications that their decisions are making. Um, and the consequences that it's leading to for the people that they love, whether it's friends or whether it's family. And it's a really charming and important part of the show because if it's all just going to be superpowers and fun, that's going to get old pretty quick. You have to have some roots. You have to have some heart. And I think the show has a ton of heart, and it's because of that coming-of-age aspect and the family um, the family themes that we're getting in this in the show. Another family theme that I really liked was you always see Bruno with Kamala's parents. Just like he's on this pedestal always. Yeah. Bruno do, does no wrong, but now he's at the circle queue, 
and he can't get off of his shift and the the dad walks in and goes like these are my favorite things <laughs> don't tell Kamala's mom because I can't have these but I can't stay away from them <laughs> and then you see him doing his 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 quote unquote homework yeah. for Kamala and you see that like that that dad aspect you don't get to see Bruno's parents at all so far mm-hmm. so maybe they're taking it under their wing and making sure that he still has this guidance and stuff but he's showing genuine interest. It's not just him being nosy by any means. It's him being like, "All right, you're doing homework, you're doing some research. It's 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 in 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 Urdu, like my language, Urdu, yeah. Urdu, yeah. yeah. Um, let me help you." Yeah. So he's reluctant because it's very on point to what Kamala's trying to hide. <laughs> but she she he ultimately is still grateful. But I just think that it's a a sweet relationship that they have and a sweet uh, exchange. And I know for a fact that they're not going to like Kamran. They're going to be team Bruno the whole way anyway. So that's why they're going to end up together. I like the way that you think. I really do. So let's wrap it up with the wedding scene, which I thought was really, really beautiful. Before the team of of exiled clandestines ruined everything, which I wanted the rest of the episode to be fun wedding stuff. But unfortunately, that was not to be. Um, but before they show up and, and start messing things up, the wedding was was so much fun. I loved the all the energy of it, the the dancing, the it's really it, it really reminds me of things that you see like on Instagram, Instagram videos of like choreographed dances where the groom surprises the bride or the bride surprises the groom with a choreographed dance. And the whole time she doesn't know he's in on it. And all of a sudden he gets up and starts dancing with them. And the whole family is there and you see the bride's family and the, her, I, I'm assuming it's her little brother has the Hulk shirt yeah. that the parents made, which I thought was just fun little, little tidbits and Easter eggs, just details. Uh, and of course, Kamala is up on the shoulders of these guys and the brother's like, oh no, she hates this. She's going to fall. <laughs> just how much they know know each other. And that's just so much fun. Um, I loved it. I loved the energy. And uh, it was interesting because they actually had a cameo. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed early on in the scene, there was they focused on a woman sitting on... Um, sitting at her table and the camera like zoomed in real quick and then cut away. But that woman right there, her name is Sana Amanat and she's one of the co-creators of Ms. Marvel of the, of the comic. And she's also a co-executive producer of the show. So now she's in the MCU, no name, no dialogue, just a face, but she's there. So that was a fun, a fun little tidbit. Um, but then, of course, the bad guys show up, and this is when we realize that they are bad guys, or at least they seem like they're bad guys. What did you say? I hate bad guys. I know. They're the worst. Um, and they come in, and they're really they're, – they're no-nonsense, right? Comron comes in and tries to give a warning, didn't show up uh, early enough, and says straight up, they're going to kill everybody here. So Kamala thinks fast and goes with like what she said. What did she say? Go with old faithful or something like that. Pulls the the alarm, uh, which I thought was you know very effective, most efficient way to get everybody out of the room. Uh, the brother goes for the money, which every groom, any good groom should, because you got to make sure that you <laughs> you get the money. And uh, then the fight starts. 
Um, do you think Kamala has improved in any of her skills uh, so far, or is it still too early? She threw a punch, so that's cool. Who did she throw the punch at? I think it was the dude with the whip. So that was one of the things that I keyed in on. Like their their weapons are just like like the guy took his belt off and it became a whip, right? And then there was somebody else that had just some something that that was on their clothing and it became their weapon. So we got some magic going on here, or what? It reminded me of like Percy Jackson's pen. Yeah. So it's just an everyday item until you click the pen and now it's a sword. With the belt, it became a whip. With the other items, they just like normal things, and all of a sudden there's these like I think one of them had like a javelin type of thing. So it yeah. was pretty crazy. Um, but I think she was sort of forced into improving. Of course, they show the montage of her practicing in previous yeah. episodes. But this time around, she's got to save Bruno. She's got to protect her family. Ultimately, she's trying not to die. And she does a good job of sneaking around and doing this, that, and the other to make sure that she's not immediately captured and gets away. Um, but I liked that she saw, I think it was Bruno down, and immediately just, boom, you got to see the fist just going across everybody else. Um but it lead me, led me to uh, absentee again, uh, Kamala with Nakia. They get to see she comes in the back way where they're trying to escape. Like, just take Bruno. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. She's like, did you just, what was that? And doesn't have time to explain. And I'm hoping that she will be able to. I think it would be cool to have two guys in the chair. Like um, like Ned, like, Ned, uh, like Spider-Man has one. Now she's, she's got two. Um but again, I would understand if she's like trying to quote unquote keep Nakia in the dark for her own safety and stuff. But I do think that she's developing uh, her skills, and I think if she's gonna go and see her great her grandmother, like that she was demanding on the phone, um, she's gonna learn a lot more tools of the trade. Yeah, I agree. And and this this episode really did like the the first half of it was teaching us a whole lot of things. And then the second half of it was speeding towards the end with the fight, with the wedding. And then, of course, to finish up the end of the episode, which is Kamala in her room getting a phone call from her nani, pretty much demanding that she needs to come to Karachi immediately. And then even references, did you see the train? And then says that she saw it. So, okay, nani, do you have the other bangle? Do you just have this power in you? What's the deal there? So that was a fun cliffhanger um, that we're going to be finding out what happens here in the next few days because now we're going to go into episode four. There's six episodes, I believe, of this series. So there's going to be – I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, pretty fast-paced for the for the rest of the way here. So we've got Kamala trying to figure out things at home. We've got this clandestine group of gin people that want her to send them home and it could be dangerous. We've got Bruno and Caltech. We've got Nakia, you know, pretty much being left out in the cold. But she got the board member, even though they're still counting the votes. So hopefully that becomes official soon. And now we've got this impending Karachi trip. We've got the family drama. And there's always Comran and Brian. Oops, I mean Bruno. So... (laughs) That's uh, that's going on in the first three episodes of Miss Marvel, and to know that this character has a big future awaiting for awaiting her is really interesting to me. 
uh, because the the Marvels will be coming out, I believe it's next year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what we get set up, and are we going to get a Carol Danvers cameo at some point in this show? Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, but time will tell. So we will see what happens going forward. We appreciate uh, t- you guys taking the time listening to our our Miss Marvel. Uh, episode recaps and i also appreciate you guys coming on uh, and talking about that as well so um if you'd like to share your thoughts about miss marvel or what we're calling the marvelous miss marvel on our on our colby cast episode titles uh let us know let us know on twitter let us know on instagram and hey if um you're into writing summaries or or recommendations um give us a review on one of your podcast apps that would be a, a big a big uh, help for us as well. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Colby cast. We'll talk to you soon. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.